So I've often said, never cover the flame in your heart to comfort the ice in another's. And Nathan Morris is an uncovered flame to me. Uh, I've also often said, if the fire we have in in public is brighter than the fire we have in private, then we have hypocrisy uh, on our hands. But with Nathan, I feel like the public flame that we have all experienced is rooted in the private flame that he himself has experienced. I, I feel that the seraphim are a really good analogy for what I feel when I'm around Nathan, when I hear him preach. You know, seraphim means the ones that are burning, and they are burning because of the heat of the presence of the all-consuming fire. And Nathan's face is literally lit by the flame that he himself is staring at. So I want to uh, encourage you to listen closely, to lean in and receive every word, and you will feel that heat from the flame of the all-consuming fire that, uh, that Nathan stands before. So Nathan, thank you so much for coming on, man. It's my privilege, Eric. You know how much I love you, brother. Just, you know, we've, as I've, you know, known you over the years, you know, what I love about the body of Christ is that in every life, God reflects his own glory, but we get a different glimpse of who he is. And mm. just in your life, you know, the intimacy you carry and the tenderness and just the way you speak about, you know, the Lord. I know for me, it challenges my heart. And uh, that's why I love being connected with you, brother. I love you with all my heart. <laughs> I'm so excited for what the Lord is going to share through you today. Our last broadcast was so amazing, <laughs> but we lost a lot of the audio. Um, today, the audio is crisp and clear, Amen. And, and I'm ready. So I just want you to start out by opening your heart. Just whatever you've been feeling recently from the Lord, they're here. They're listening. Maybe somebody's sitting in their bed at night and they got their phone in their hand and you are talking to them. What would you say to them? You know, as, as an evangelist, my heart has always been the cry of God's heart for souls. And yet recently, it was at the end of 2020, I had an encounter with the Lord. And you know, Eric, I think you could bear witness with this, that through your life, there are these landmark moments, these, these encounters that you have. And, you know, we should feel the presence of God every single day, because when you, when you seek his face, when you read the word, you, you're continually, you know, communing with him. But there are moments when the spirit of God comes in such a way that you know that this is like a landmark moment. You feel an encounter that, wow, what's happening? And, at the end of 2020, I had one of those encounters. I was in my office. I don't know whether this was fundamental, but it was the night of the U.S. election. And I was just praying over the nation and the nations. And 2020, we all know what that year was. You know, the lockdown, the churches being closed, and just this, this worldwide thing that was happening. And suddenly the spirit of God came into my office. It was the early hours of the morning and he came and I, I begin to tremble under the hand of God. 
I literally began to just tremble. And there was this, there was this cry from deep within. Mm. I've been preaching this message recently and this is, you know, I can't share anything else right now because the encounter was so powerful. And I believe as people hear this, the same spirit, the same fire is going to begin to burn in your heart too. And as the spirit of God came upon me, I heard and it felt audible. Hmm. I heard the sound of an alarm, but it wasn't like an alarm clock. It was the sound. It, it, it caused my whole being to tremble. But you know, like on a warship, when, when they're about to say there's coming danger. And I heard this alarm, this whirling sound. And I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, sound the alarm. Wow. Sound the alarm. Sound the alarm. And it went over and over and over again. And it reminded me of Matthew 25, 6, when Jesus, he said at midnight, there was a cry made, behold, the bridegroom cometh. Behold, that word behold is a cry of awakening. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go out and meet him. This is it, the moment we meet the bridegroom. And yet in my heart, I was filled with this unquenchable, it wasn't a fear, but it was a holy fear hmm. of those that were not ready because in that same illustration, half of them, half of the bridegroom, the bride were not ready. The Bible says they didn't have enough oil. In other words, their flames were about to be extinguished. Hmm. And it was in that moment that I, I felt the Lord begin to speak to me and say, there must be an alarm sound from the bride. There has to be that cry again, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It was such an urgency. Hmm. That night I, I could hardly sleep. I, I got up the next morning and the first scripture God takes me to is Isaiah 58. And Isaiah 58, the spirit of God is crying out to a generation. He's breaking through the religiosity and the, and the procedures that we have in order to somehow attain the favor of God. And he said, is this not the fast that I have chosen, that you loose the bonds of wickedness? But at the beginning of this cry, the Holy Spirit says through Isaiah, cry aloud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet. Yes. It was like God was calling to a generation that we would hear the cry of God right now that we would hear the cry of God upon a generation. Remember when the disciples came to Jesus in Matthew 24, and they said to him, Lord, what is the sign of your coming? And Jesus begins to describe this moment in time where there would be wars and rumors of wars. But one of the things that I hear from the, from the heart of God and from the, the mouth of Christ was this. He says, do not be deceived. Hmm. Again, later on, he says, many false prophets were lies. Do not be deceived. <laughs> it was as though there was coming an hour where, where there would be such a deluge of deception <laughs> that somehow even those that love Christ, even those that, that call themselves Christians would be numbed. They would, they would fall into a sleep, into a stupor that we don't even know. We're not even aware of the moment where heaven is saying, this is your moment. This is it. There's a cry of awakening going throughout the nations right now. I saw something, and 
you know, you can imagine this encounter. I was saying, Lord, what are you asking of me? And it was like the Lord was saying, don't let your preaching please the ears of men. Wow. But let it be the cry of the alarm of heaven. Let it be the cry, behold, the bridegroom cometh. And you know, I was reading in Revelation 12, 19, verse 9, and it speaks about, it says, So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil, the Satan, who deceives, here we go again, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Revelation 12, 12. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and sea. For the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. If the devil knows his time is short, how much more should we be awakened that this is the hour that we must live for God? We must burn for Jesus like never before. The signs are telling us that. The signs are telling us around the world. What more could creation cry out to the bride of Christ than behold the bridegroom coming? And it was in verse 15 that the Lord showed me something I'd never seen before. In verse 15, it says, So the serpent, that is speaking of the devil, spewed water. Listen to this. Spewed water out of his mouth like a flood. <laughs> see, I call this message the coming flood and the war of words. You see, there's a flood coming. There's not only a flood of the Spirit of God, but there is a flood of what the Bible says. The enemy spewed water out of his mouth like a flood. Listen to this, after the woman. Now, when you study that, it speaks of the church. He spews water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. See, now I know why the scriptures in Isaiah, listen to this. It says, so shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes like a flood, <laughs> the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. This is what we're seeing now throughout the nations of the world. It is a flood of abominations. It's a flood where the enemy is trying to strip God's creation of even its identity. I'm not going to say much more than the Bible says that God made male and female in the image of God. Yes. You see, Satan is at such a place right now that he is spewing a flood upon a generation that even the church may be carried away by the flood. You see, that cry comes from heaven that we take our place, filled with the Holy Ghost, without compromise, and we preach and we sound the alarm. This is not a time to sit back and just go with the flow. You know, Eric, you know, your cry for intimacy, like never before, you see, I don't want to see a generation that know how to shout and have all the lights and the smoke machines, but they're not, their mouths are not filled with the word of God. Mm. Notice the, how the Bible speaks about the word and the water, the water and the word. Ephesians says that, we might, that, that the bride may be cleansed through the washing of water by the word of God. 
You see, like never before, we must have the word. Yeah. You see, the spirit and the word, they are one. There's no such thing as being a word church or a spirit church. There cannot be no, because when you speak the word, the spirit bears witness. You see here, the revelation is showing us that the enemy will spew words that will cause deception upon a generation, that our hearts grow so cold that we're carried away by the flood. <laughs> you know, is this good? Can I, can I keep going with this? Please. It's great. You see, Revelation 12, 17, it says, And the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went out to make war with the rest of her offspring, who keep the commandments of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Hmm. How do we overcome the devil? It says, through the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. You know, what we speak in this hour is so critical. You know, I saw something in scripture. I, I could go on about this for hours because I've, I've been just, this has been consuming my entire being. But, you know, in Mark chapter four, verse three, Jesus is speaking. He said, listen, behold, a saw went out to sow and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside and the birds of the air, that speaks of, of demons, demonic spirits, birds of the air came and devoured it. Watch this, Mark first, chapter 4, verse 15. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown <laughs> in their hearts. That's what deception will do. But wait a minute, I said, Lord, are you telling me that the devil can steal your word out of my heart? Didn't David say, Lord, I have hidden thy word in my heart that I may not sin against you. I said, Lord, what does this mean? David said he hid your word in his heart that he may not sin against you. And yet you said that the enemy comes immediately and can steal the word out of the heart of the hearer. And here's when I saw it. The Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You see, when we confess what is a lie, the enemy steals the revelation of God's word in our heart. That is why in this hour, you see, the enemy wants us to begin to believe the floods of abominations that are going on in a generation. That somehow we will compromise. And yet those that will meditate, those by the Holy Spirit that allow the living water of the Spirit of God to flow out of their mouths, suddenly the enemy no weapon formed against you will be able to prosper. You know, Proverbs 18 says, verse 4, it says, the words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The wellspring of wisdom is a flowing brook. You know, when you've been in the presence of God, the word begins to flow out of your mouth. You know, in the natural, I'm not, I'm not a guy that can like just quote scripture. I, I'm... I, it's like I can't memorize it, but you know, when I'm, when I'm in the presence of God, the word just flows and flows and flows and flows and flows. That's why I've learned that what you drink, you see, if you drink the waters of this world, what will flow out of you will be deception. But when you drink of the living water, the Holy Spirit, you know, I'm reminded of when Jesus comes to the woman at the well. Picture this for a moment. I'm, I'm trying to preach a revelation in a few minutes that literally I could preach for hours. But you see, intimacy in this hour, 
to burn with the fire of God. It's not an option because we're living at the midnight hour. There's a cry coming upon a generation. And you see, I don't know about you, Eric, but I want to reap the harvest that God has released in this hour. I want to see a generation swept into the kingdom Mm -hmm. for such a time as this. And Jesus comes to the woman at the well. And I want you to picture this, Jacob's well, a well sitting on a well. The wellspring of life of eternity is sitting on the well, (laughs) the well of Jacob. And he looks at the Samaritan woman and he says, give me a drink. The living water says to a Samaritan woman, give me a drink. And yet I found that when God asks you a question, normally it's not that you have the answer. It's so that it reveals your condition. Mm. See, Jesus was speaking to a woman that could not quench her thirst. Mm -hmm. And I'm speaking to people right now that you've tasted of this world. You know what's happening out there, that, that spirit of antichrist that is rising. And you're listening to this because there's a thirst that you've not been able to quench. Hmm. And Jesus comes to the Samaritan woman and he says, give me a drink. And she says, give you a drink. You've got nothing to draw. And he said, if you knew who was asking you for a drink, yes. you would ask me and I would give you living water. And you see, This moment, this woman realizes that there's a thirst that she cannot quench. And Jesus begins to pour in, pour in the words of life. And that's why you got a hunger and thirst after his word in this hour. Yes. Every day you got to wake up and let that thirst for him draw you into the secret place. You see, there's been moments in my life that I've been so busy so busy with ministry that he can draw you out of that secret place. And when that encounter came at the end of 2020, even though God was moving in my life, it was an awakening call. It was an awakening call that said, come drink, drink, Mm -hmm. drink of me in this hour. I need you to speak to a generation and what flows out of you cannot be the wisdom of men. It must be by my spirit. Mm -hmm. You see, the reason why I'm speaking about the woman at the well, Eric, is because something so powerful, this woman goes from being an adulterer, (laughs) five husbands, and in a few verses, she shakes a city. She drinks of the living water. Uh And within a few verses, she shakes a whole region. See, I saw something that changed my life. I've read this story so many times. Do you know, Eric, there are two times that Jesus speaks of thirst. Or that he was thirsty. One is in this scripture. The second is on the cross. Hmm. Both of them were linked to the harvest. I'm going to say that again. It was like the Lord was giving you a revelation of how to break in to the harvest that he has for your life. He says to the woman, give me a drink. Watch this. In verse 35, he goes on to say, 
Do not say that there are still four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields for they are already white unto harvest. Do you see the link? On the cross, they pierced his side and blood and water flowed. (laughs) And in that moment, the church was birthed. Nations would turn their face to Christ. And this is the key that in this hour, we must drink deeply. Yeah. Yes. We must drink deeply. That's why in my services, wherever I go, even as I'm preaching, I'm crying out. My well is crying out to the well of eternal life. Lord, come down in this place. Yeah. Pour out your spirit. Cause a generation to hear the cry of heaven that says, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go out to meet him. And whoever I'm speaking to today, if your lamps are not burning, maybe inside you feel like your well is dry. Hmm. I can't give you the eight steps of the seven ways of how to be filled, I can only say to you, come to the living water. Come and say, Jesus, I yield my life to you. Yes, yes. Flow through me, fill me. Lord, I don't know how, but do what only you can do. See, I'm praying that people, as you pick up the word of God, that literally there would be a revelation that begins to open your eyes that you see his word in a way that causes you to burn with a fire again. You see, there is a flood coming. Hmm. It's here right now. Which one are you drinking for? Hmm. Which one is your source to quench your thirst? I don't know about you, but I've tasted the water of this world and that water is getting more bitter and more bitter. And yet, taste and see. Mm. (laughs) Did you notice that link, Eric? It says taste, drink, eat, and then you will see. Your eyes will be opened that the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. You know, Isaiah 58 finishes with this. It says, you should be like a well-watered garden. (laughs) Those of you shall raise up the waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. And you will be called repairers of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwelling. When you drink of that living water, you become a repairer of the breach. God uses you to restore a generation. And I believe, Eric, that's what God is raising up right now. Mm -hmm. Those that will drink so deeply that their very lives become repairers of the breach. 
that out of them flows rivers of living water, that their mouths are filled not with what the Antichrist spirit is speaking to a generation, but the words of life, Mm. the words of restoration. Glory to God. That's powerful. In John 7, we see Jesus stands up and he says, if anyone thirsts, anybody, come and drink. And the scripture says this, he spoke of the spirit who had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified or ascended. So, Would you, those of you watching, just put your hand on your heart. We believe that the Holy Spirit can touch you right now, wherever you are. The Holy Spirit can come upon you. And just take a deep breath in and relax. And just ask the Lord with an open heart to touch you. Say, Lord, whatever, whatever it is, I want you and I let down my guard. In Jesus' name. Nathan, will you just go ahead and pray for them to receive the Spirit? Lord, right now, just as I feel in my spirit, Lord, I break every lie of the enemy that is over lives that are watching and hearing this right now. Every lie that says they're not worthy, they're not good enough. The Lord, somehow you don't love them. Lord, maybe it's words that have been spoken over their lives that have caused them to live in prisons of doubt and fear. The Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, come like a flood. Mm. Come living water. Lord, fill every life right now. Let out of their innermost being, out of their heart, flow rivers of living water. Father, I release that anointing that breaks every yoke. Lord, I pray that the fire of their hearts would burn, that they would be, Lord, witnesses in this generation. Father, I speak healing over families. I I speak, Lord, to, there's a young lady watching that there's been abuse in your life. Lord, I just pray that you would let that living water bring healing and restoration. Father, I speak healing to flow right now. I command every cancer, every tumor, Pain in the body right now, nerve damage, be made whole. There's a mighty presence here right now. Holy Spirit, I thank you. You know what they need, Lord. We have come to the well. I pray, Lord, that people will drink deeply. Lord, give us a fresh hunger and revelation for your word. Yes. That, Lord, we may not be in this hour deceived. but but awakened. Lord, let the cry come out of your church. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Mm. Awaken us, Holy Spirit. May we be soul winners in this hour. Raise up voices that will not be shaken. Yes. Raise up voices that will be mighty, that will pierce Lord, by your spirit, the hearts of men. Mm. Give us boldness, Lord, Mm. that we won't compromise or we won't step back in fear. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. There's a rich presence here. (laughs) Yeah. You know, 
hearing of you speak with such sobriety concerning God and the situation of the world today, I'm, I'm feeling like there's such a need for radical commitment to the Lord. Yeah. I'm thinking if we drink of the waters of life and reject the waters from the dragon, and we preach from the waters of life against even the waters of the dragon, Joseph Parker's quote may come become more true to us. There's only one response to a man who preaches repent, and that's off with his head. I feel like we need a, a cry that says, God, give me John the Baptist's heart, even if it costs me my head. That's the sobriety I feel on the words that you're saying. You, you, you feel that? Yeah. You know, um, I'm going to share something that I, I don't, I've never shared. I don't really share it. But during this season when the Lord gave me this word, I tell you, the days preceding, the months preceding, it's like the enemy came to try and wipe us out. I mean, we came under tremendous attack, tremendous, in every area, in every area. And I realized the warfare hmm. that, you know, when you step in and, and you begin to pursue the face of God, you realize the warfare that is taking place over a generation. This is not a game. You know, I remember Jesus, Matthew 24, 37, he says, but as the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the son of man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. Hmm. And you see, there's such a warfare that is taking place on news media. You see, you've got to be careful what waters you're drinking of mm -hmm. every single day. Mm -hmm. Even from our news channels. What the flood, you know, when, when you look at just normal television now, even commercials, and I don't want to get into too much detail, but the things that are being introduced in society yeah. as normal are abominations before God. Yes. God calls them I'm a, an abomination. And yet we're drinking of that daily as if it's totally normal. And you see, Jesus is crying out. They're saying, what is the sign of your coming? And, and he points to things that are happening in the world, but yet he's speaking to his people. Do not be deceived. <laughs> Do not be deceived. And it, in my heart, I realized that this warfare, when, when you step in and say, no, I'm going to take a stand, it's like hell. That's when you will know hell will begin to come against you because they know their time is short. And that's why what you're speaking about, there's a holy fear that comes. It's not a bad fear. It's a holy fear mm -hmm. that this awakening of Lord, you chose me. Mm -hmm. You chose Eric. You chose every single person that is watching to stand in this hour, in this moment? Yeah. 
What does that mean? You think God is just going to allow a generation to slip into hell? No, he's going to raise up repairers of the breach that, like you said, have already decided Mm -hmm. no matter what. And, you know, we have the cancel culture and the woke generation. If I've ever seen a, a, a generation fast asleep, it is now. They're not a woke generation. They are a deceived generation. Yes. And yet God is raising up a people that will so flow in the spirit of God that we will see things mm. that forefathers yearned for yeah. and prayed for yes. and fasted for and laid down their lives for. And it won't because we're special. It will be because of the hour in which we live in. Mm-hmm. And a I want to encourage you, Eric, and any preacher that is watching this, the cry must be heard in your preaching. Mm. This is the anthem of the gospel. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That is the cry. Remember Jesus, when he said this, he said, and this gospel shall be preached. Mm. He was specific. This gospel, not any gospel, this one. Yes. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And that is a cry. It's an alarm. It's an urgency in our preaching, in our ministry, in everything that we do. There must be that urgency. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. That must be in our hearts right now. And that's what I believe the Lord brought us together for this moment. Because the last time we met, it was good, but there was a, it wasn't this. This is different. There's an urgency in this. I feel it. You know, and I want to encourage people, get around burning ones. Get around people that make you feel like, am I even saved? (laughs) You understand what I mean? Like, you know, when I get around, I was was at Nation's Church on Sunday. Oh, yeah. I was preaching for Daniel Kalender. But I was around all these people that were burning. And I'm like, wow, you know? And that's why fellowship, that's what the lockdown tried to kill in the church. Yeah. And now we've got a generation thinks that they can just watch church online. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. That we can just watch church online. No, no, no. Do not neglect the gathering of the saints. Even as the day approaches even more so as the day approaches, Scripture tells us, that there's a communion of those that with same heart, with the same passion, that cry for God to pour out His Spirit. When you get around that, something begins to happen in you. And you know, that's why I believe even what God's doing in this region, it's, it's a consecration, it's a congregation, mm-hmm. it's a clarion call, that God is doing something even in this region that we live in, mm-hmm. that I believe is for this end time, that God is raising up evangelists and prophets and teachers and pastors, but more than even the title, it's the flood mm-hmm. of a generation that with one voice, with that cry, behold, we'll see God literally shake nations. Yeah. 
Praise God. You know, I guess we'll end with a quote from David McIntyre. He said, 1 John 5, 19 says, The whole world lies in the power of the, of the wicked one, which tells us we live in enemy territory. Wow. And Luke, Jesus says, What I say unto you, I say unto all, watch and pray. God bless you guys. Thanks so much for watching. I'll put the link to Nathan's YouTube channel in the description box of this video. If you're not subscribed to him, I encourage you to do so. Great content is constantly coming out of their channel. So thanks for watching. God bless you guys.